Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you shop at Amazon, I have a request. When you shop at Amazon, don't go to Amazon.com. That sounds weird. How are you going to shop at Amazon if you don't go there? Well, don't go directly there. Start at PWTorch.com slash Amazon. That's PWTorch.com dot com slash Amazon. When you go there, there's a giant Amazon logo. Click on it. It takes you right to the Amazon homepage where you were heading anyways. But that small detour tells Amazon, we sent you there. And when they get that message, they send us a commission on everything that you buy. So it's a great way to support us without having to do anything different other than when you shop at Amazon, start at pwtorch.com slash Amazon. That's pwtorch.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. Jason, I am with you on being glad that Crown Jewel is over and we no longer have to talk about it. But WWE, by not mentioning the words Crown Jewel for two days on Raw and SmackDown, has made it a story a little bit again. And so I want a little closure on this. Why are they not mentioning the words Crown Jewel on their television show? It was the name of their event. I get not having wrestlers say it. They'll get booed. I get not putting it on the screen. It'll get booed. But... Can't the, it was so weird hearing the announcers go, last Friday on WWE Network, um, it's like they lost a lawsuit and weren't able to say Crown Jewel anymore. Is that actually sort of drawing more attention to the shame that maybe they should feel or do feel or fans feel they should feel by so obviously not mentioning the name of the damn event from last Friday? Uh, you know, I, is it like this team of executives that can that comes up with things like don't say Saudi Arabia because that'll create negative feelings, and now they've convinced themselves don't say Crown Jewel because that will create negative feelings, and and people are more likely to turn the channel. I don't know. It it that part is really strange. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it, it's yeah, amusing. I mean. Was it Shane? Somebody went out of their way to not say Crown Jewel and instead talk, you know, men said World Cup, I, I think is what it was. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I, I don't quite know the motivation other than that. They know it's become a, a very negative thing. I, I don't know that they feel shame, though. I'm sure some in the company do. I, I've yet to see anything from Vince McMahon that makes me think that he's not gung ho and ready to make more millions next year. That, that's the thing. Uh, the, on the uh, investors' call with Vince McMahon and uh, um, uh, Michelle Wilson and uh, uh, George Berrios, they, yeah. the co-presidents, they were – would you say that they were hed- hedging on whether there would be a third event and they would go through with it? Or would you say the language they used was uh, business as usual? It was. It was – I've never seen or heard them be so – trepidatious, like just tiptoeing through a, a, a sensitive topic where it just, it made me wonder what is going on. Like, you, and we may never know, probably we'll never know the, the, the level of, the, the level of concern that they had in, in the factors at play in terms of what's in the contract. Do we, you know, like whether Michelle Wilson and George Berrios strongly disagreed with Vince McMahon on moral grounds or business grounds on whether they should be continuing this relationship or, or working very, very hard to extricate themselves or hiring lawyers to to extricate themselves. Like, there could have been strong internal fighting and they just agreed to put up that unified front of just saying it was a difficult decision and what happened was abhorrent. Uh, but from from the way that they talked and what's in their public statements, are, are you expecting a, a third crown or third uh, Saudi Arabia show in 2019? I am. Yeah, I, I think what we heard on that conference call was basically, let's get through this show. This is where the heat is. And naturally, you know, as as more time passes, assuming the Saudis don't do something, uh, you know, off the charts, ridiculous again, uh, I, I think they're going to view it as easier to justify going over there. Let's get through this controversial period with the death of the, 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 the slaughter of the reporter. And so let's just kind of get through this now and hope that by the time April or whenever they're going to do the next one gets here that uh, it, it won't be such a controversial issue. If they're not saying the name of the event or the country right now in six months, give or take, 
they say coming up on Friday, you know, May 15th, whatever. We're going to run an event called um, you know, Kingdom Come, I don't know. And in Riyadh or you know, wherever they end up in the name of the city. Do they just still not say Saudi Arabia? And so that's part A. Like it's a worldwide pay-per-view event, like. It's a global thing. Yes. Um somewhere in the world. Um do they um so like I, I just I like I'm trying to imagine like do they think that the crowd won't boo at that? I mean is because that's kind of the argument that you're saying they would tell themselves is well it's such a heated topic now, but the way Americans work, they won't care about this. They won't be outraged in a half a year and we'll just go cash in and make our money. But can they just start saying Saudi Arabia again? I mean, like, I don't think they can know. I don't know for sure, but my inclination would be, and this includes the reactions in, in the United Kingdom. This is a worldwide blow to WWE's hard, hard-earned reputation with fans as a corporation that doesn't just entertain them, but they can feel proud to support because they do good for the world. This has been a major— Earned or manufactured? Blow. What's that? Earned or manufactured? Well, <laughs> yeah, I actually— was trying to find another word to instead of earn because I know earned has a certain connotation that implies deserved. Um, but they have they have worked hard to ach- to achieve. I think with a big part of their fan base, uh, pride in being a WWE fan that extends beyond those fans being entertained, but thinking that it was a good company. I do think I do think a lot of fans felt that way. I do. I mean, I really do. And I think that's why there's the pushback that they have. I don't think if, if WWE had promoted themselves like they did in the 90s and the 2000s instead of how they have the, the, this decade, I don't think the backlash in Saudi Arabia would have been as strong. I mean, I think a big part of it is a feeling of fans feeling scorned by a company that did a money grab when they have convinced them that what WWE does is put a smile on people's faces, but especially charities and that they're a great corporation. And I think they're paying a price for working so hard. I think they've benefited greatly from corporations feeling safer to be with them, advertisers, uh, networks, and and they have worked so hard to build that corporate image. But I think it, with that came a responsibility to pick and choose who they associated with. And granted, they couldn't foresee the Jamal Khashoggi's uh, strangulation and, dis- and dismemberment and, and scandal. Um, and that's been a huge setback for Saudi Arabia in public relations. Uh, we'll see a year from now how much they rebound. Uh, but I, I do think that was a big factor that that WWE uh, had set their fans up for a big downfall in their in, in in how they think about it. I don't know that that goes away in six months. I think fans will still boo it. WWE maybe can manage it, but it's going to be so awkward to just not mention the country and to talk about it as a worldwide event again. And I think, and that goes back to my original point. I think fans know that they're ashamed of it by not mentioning it. And I actually think that exacerbates the issue at this point because it tells fans, you're right to feel the way you do. We won't even say the name of the event or the country because it was you are right to feel outraged. And I think it actually fuels it next time around on the next cycle. Oh, I think it will be booed again. I think you're right about just it having that effect. I think they're thinking very short-term uh, they're thinking in the now rather than thinking about that next show. But I think there will be a next show, and I think it will be booed, and I think they'll just go, oh, well, we're making millions again. Yes. Yep. Uh, and and uh, I, I, But I don't think that they want to go through this process again of having to manage whether they can say where the event is and what it's called. 
And by having to do it now, the only way to, that they would do it now is, okay, good riddance, they're in the rearview mirror, we're going to extricate ourselves. Then it makes sense. That they're t- taking it the way that they approach it. They're disgusted with Saudi Arabia. They went there, they did the bare minimum, and now, and now they're out of it, and they're going to extricate, and that they're done with it. But that's not the impression they gave in the financial conference call or in their paperwork. But I wouldn't say that they confirmed anything either. It felt like there's, you know, they didn't say it in so many words that there's stuff going on behind the scenes and we'll have updates. They could have said that, but that would have been a story. Ooh, it sounds like they're trying to get out of it. So it's, to me, it just still feels up in the air. It's an, an, an incredibly large amount of money, but they're going to have to do the, the, the math and decide how much are we losing and risking by continuing to take this money that, frankly, they don't need to be a hugely successful, profitable company setting revenue records. And that's part of the frustration that I think fans have is this is a super, super, super successful company with this incredible windfall of money coming from TV deals and a solid base of network subscribers. It feels like money they don't need. And I think people resent it even more because of that who are educated on that basis. And I think WWE is going to have to account for that if they can get out of the deal. Well, I did find it very interesting that – uh, Renee Young was on commentary at ringside and they didn't gloat over that. Uh, that's something that, you know, they, WWE normally couldn't help themselves. They, they would be just singing their, their own praises from a mountaintop about, see, there is progress in this company. I, I, the fact that they didn't, I'm kind of looking at it the other way. I, I still just feel like they or they were only worried about getting through this show. And even, even now, like they just, you know, they know there's still negative feelings, but they're hoping that in six months or whenever they go back, that maybe they still take the same approach of not mentioning Saudi Arabia, but they're still going to go. I don't, I, I will be shocked if they're trying to get out of this deal. I mean, you know, I mean, Hey, could there be things going on behind the scenes with the Saudis and them that, that we don't know about that's leading to them going, eh, we don't want any part of this. I, I just think they're driven by money. I think they want to continue to bring this in. I, I don't think you would have seen Randy Orton and, and others out there uh, seeing, basically seeing and Ronda Rousey, Mark Henry, all talking about you know why it was the right decision to go and all of that. I, I, especially Orton, I think WWE would have, because I think he did more than one time, I think they would have said, hey, stop. I think, and, and JBL kind of provides that window into what they're thinking as well. So yeah. I, I, I don't think they're thinking about not going back. I just think they're playing short-term damage control, not really thinking about the long-term, and, and they'll cross that bridge when they get to it in April or whenever. Yeah, yep. Uh, all right, well, I'm glad that we're past the awkward stage because um, by next week they don't have to talk about it anymore. We've got our VIP sale going on right now, heading into Survivor Series and coming out of Evolution and Crown Jewel, and also Todd Martin's 80-plus minute in-depth review of the Jericho Cruise, the Wrestling and Rager at sea. Go VIP for just $3.99. Get more information on VIP membership at pwtorchvipinfo.com and enter coupon code 399SALE. No periods, no spaces, just 399 sale, and that takes $6 off a VIP membership. That brings a $9.99, one month sub down to just $3.99. You can also apply that $6 discount to a three month or one year subscription if you want to commit to a longer VIP subscription. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com, coupon code 399 sale. You can learn more about our iPhone and Android compatible podcast VIP lineup and our archives and our newsletters and our ad free websites over at pwtorchvipinfo.com. It's a mobile-friendly sign-up, desktop-friendly sign-up. It takes about two minutes to become a VIP member and unlock 30-plus years of insider information in newsletter format and 
an unmatched library of podcasts dating back to retro radio shows from the early 1990s. So go check it out once again, pwtorchvipinfo.com, and coupon code is 399SALE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, let's 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 uh, set the stage. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, the Thursday flagship edition for November eighth, two thousand eighteen. I'm Wade Keller, host of the program, and I am joined as I am usually every three weeks by Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. Jason, great to have you back on the show. Very good to be back. Let's uh, let, let's go to uh, our next topic, stemming from Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. I feel like I need to say it to make up for WWE. Uh, universal <laughs> title situation. Brock Lesnar uh, winning the championship and uh, signing a, a multi-match deal because of the Roman Reigns situation. What should I, I was I was intrigued by AJ Styles' promo on SmackDown on Tuesday this week, where he said it's 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 a spoiler. He's gonna beat Brock Lesnar. Um, I think the obvious right thing to do, and there's never only one right thing to do, so I sort of hedge when I say that, but I think the obvious right thing to do here is have AJ Styles beat Brock Lesnar, and then have either Braun or Seth, I'd vote for Seth, beat Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble or in December, or whatever makes sense for Brock's schedule, because obviously this is a bit of a, quote, favor he's doing for them while accepting their millions, um, because he's, you know, training for UFC, and obviously that's a big deal to him. Um, I just think, have AJ win, get his win back, AJ's going to be around for however much longer he's able to wrestle, and a win over Brock is a big deal. And and you know you you had Roman Reigns cash in at SummerSlam. The you know Brock beat Undertaker, I think in part, so that Reigns could get the rub from it. And Reigns got the rub from it, so to speak. And then you know real life intervened. Um, so now they're re- recalibrating. Well, you got to get you got somebody's got to benefit from Brock and all the wins and all the push he's gotten before he goes away for a while or for good. So to me, AJ should win at Survivor Series, and then Seth wins and gets a win he should have got at SummerSlam, I would I would have voted for. And then at least you have two strong champions who eventually can match up against each other and what will have more credibility because they each beat Brock. Is there another reasonable argument against what I just said? Well, uh, see, I don't feel like there's a, a good finish here uh, as far as like a good, clean finish. Because you want Brock to be strong whenever he's going to drop that title. Now, if he's not dropping it until WrestleMania, can he lose now and get some of that back? Of course. He's Brock Lesnar. And it was what I talk about. He, he, he can throw furniture and, and re- redeem himself, basically, and, and look like that monster again. Uh, but yeah, in, if, if it's a short-term run for Brock, let's say he's dropping the title before Mania, you have AJ beat him clean. 
okay, then does it mean anything when Seth or someone else beats him as much? I mean, it'll still mean something because he's Brock Lesnar, but you have to be careful with that. So I, I, and I don't think it does SmackDown as a brand or AJ Styles any good to lose clean to Brock Lesnar two years in a row. So I think what you're with AJ, that's going to be the popular pick, but is it the right pick long-term? And I almost, as much as I'm down on, usually down on cheap finishes, this might be a situation that calls for one. Yeah, I disagree. I, I really, I think AJ, if for, for all the reasons that you made that age, that it's important to keep Seth's, uh, Brock strong to lose to Seth or Braun or whomever, it, that same that same benefit goes to AJ if AJ beats Brock. So if AJ beats Brock, you've strengthened AJ. You've you've com- you've sent a signal to fans. The guy, the whole story you told to Roman, the guy who's here week in and week out. Um, yes, it happens to be on the blue brand, but the blue brand's going to be a big deal in a year from now, um, a bigger deal. And so you you've strengthened AJ. So you end up let's say let's say on on what you benefit. In the way that and it's hard for non wrestling fans to understand how it works when everything's scripted, but fans do take a read on if somebody is getting wins over major names who they believe in. It, it makes them more popular. I mean, they they they're like they're behind him. He's winning. He's a winner. He deserves it. I'm behind him. If you start jobbing him out, the heat goes not jobbing him out, but you know, like not having him win the really big matches like AJ Brock is a big match. Then fans sort of can resent the company. They lose faith that they really believe in AJ. That can lead to headaches for WWE and less interest in fans thinking it's all about AJ. So to me, AJ stands to benefit a lot from a win. Does Seth then benefit less from beating Brock? I think you can tell a story where there's not much of a drop-off. It it depends. Again, it depends when it happens, You know, when that Seth and Brock match would happen. I mean, if that's something – let's say you're going to do it at the Rumble – Ah, you know, I, I don't want Brock losing clean to someone when you could just, you know, it, it doesn't have to be an all out uh, Braun Strowman basically returns the favor of what Baron Corbin did to him to Brock Lesnar and AJ beats him that way. It can be a little more subtle. There can be a little more mystery in terms of, you know, was, was Brock distracted? Is that why AJ won? You know, somebody at ringside, Braun, Seth, whoever uh, does just enough to give Brock a little bit of an out because, you know, you talk about SmackDown being needing SmackDown to be strong going into next year. And AJ, we don't even know if AJ is going to be on that brand. Uh, by the time Fox gets here, we don't know who's going to be on that brand. And I, I, I can't help but feel this way. We've been, I think a lot of us have been saying it going back to the Nakamura program. Yeah, it feels, it feels like it's time for AJ to drop that title. Felt that way with Nakamura. Didn't happen. So be it. It probably worked out for the best because Shinsuke just hasn't been setting the world on fire. But I, I think there were a lot of those feelings from fans again when he feuded with Samoa Joe, and it didn't happen. And I like AJ Styles a lot, but is he the right guy going forward to be to continue to be the face of SmackDown? And, and I just don't – I mean, he should certainly be a face of SmackDown, but is that title reign getting a little – is it losing a little momentum? I mean, it's not like the SmackDown. Well, none of the live events are killing it, but I mean, you continue to see some really ugly photos from uh, of <laughs> yes. attendance from from SmackDown events, and and some of that you have to point the finger at the champion. No, that that's fair. So if AJ beats Brock, and then AJ drops the championship to, I'm trying to think who. I mean, it's just like who who is the. That's yeah. That's a big I mean, problem. Well, let's let's say he drops it to Randy Orton. I'm just just not advocating for it. Just throwing a name out so I can continue sure. my my example here. That win for Randy means more if AJ beat Brock. Like I think there's a transference. 
I, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, it, what is it where you have the two, uh, uh, billiard balls, pool balls touching each other. And then you hit one ball into it and the ball that I'm trying to describe this. I think people know <laughs> the middle ball doesn't move, but the one that's on the other side of it moves and there's a full transference of energy. And, uh, that I think happens in pro wrestling. So even if AJ's not the guy, the fact is, is going into Survivor Series, he is. So if he's not the guy a year from now on Fox, whoever is, I think is stronger because you've sent the message in the lineage of that championship that whoever beats AJ is beating an AJ Styles that beat Brock Lesnar and wasn't defined down as needing help, interference, or a double countout, or some sort of, or, or lost again. So I would still advocate that there's more water in your bucket at the end of two losses by Brock, even if you don't get as much out of whoever beats Brock for the Universal Championship, if Brock is, quote, kept strong at Survivor Series, I think overall you gain you gain more from Brock losing twice than to not giving AJ a, a clean win and then Brock lo- staying, quote, strong and losing to whoever beats him. So I'd, I'd still advocate for, and part of this is just like, I just, Brock will be fine, but he's going to go away for a while and he can come back and he's so good. He's got such credibility, and he's such a monster. Like, I don't think losing to AJ and then Seth or AJ and then Braun damages him all that greatly. And I think you can have Paul Heyman and Brock tell a story after losing to AJ at Survivor Series that conveys Brock lost, and when he lo- when he loses, he's like an injured bear. Watch out. Um, this is not – he's not going to lose two in a row. I mean, you can really tell that story. I, I just – I, I, I mean, yes, I'm advocating for AJ, but I'm also just sort of advocating for full-time guys when the opportunity comes up and they force themselves into this in Survivor Series. Don't just go with a guy who gets paid more money, who's a bigger mainstream star. Give the fans who are paying money at these house shows where attendance is down and Vince is scrambling on these financial conference calls to explain it and, and calm, calm investors who are worried about it. Well, maybe make AJ a bigger star by having him beat Brock because he's there every weekend. Hey, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to what you're saying. I, I, part of it is I don't know that they will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, hey, if I have to choose between the two, if, if it's like, no, they are doing a clean finish pick between the two, I'm going AJ because I do think a loss to him is far more, you know, another loss to Brock Lesnar is more damaging to him, the championship, and even the brand than than it would be if 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 AJ, you know, than what Brock would endure um, if he takes the loss there. So I, I just I don't know that they'll give us an all out clean finish again. It could be some minor distraction thing. You know, there's there's a, there's ways to do it, but yeah, I mean, if there if it has to be clean, then I'm with you. It should be AJ. Yeah. Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Jason, let's, uh, let's have you talk about your website, how people can hear more from you. Sounds great. Yeah, you can uh, check out ProWrestling.net each and every day of the week. Uh, we have live coverage of all your major television shows and pay-per-views. And when I say coverage, not just who beat who. We also have the analysis in real time of Raw and SmackDown and then uh, review and, and NXT for that matter. And uh, again, all the major pay-per-views from all the major companies are covered on the website as well. My Raw hit lists and my SmackDown hit lists go up on Mondays and Tuesdays and uh, just uh, all the news of the day updated. If I'm awake and there's news hat breaking, I'm doing my damnedest to cover it. And as far as the members side of things is concerned, it is the ad-free version of ProWrestling.net if you enjoy audio content. And you must uh, then know that there is a decade's worth of audio content, interviews, show reviews, all the major, again, television shows and pay-per-views reviewed in audio form. And uh, it just the list goes on. Uh, if you are interested in membership details, visit ProWrestling.net or go right to PWMembership.net. And please check out my free Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Uh, my latest guest is Selena De La Renta. One of the, I will just say, I was very surprised when I found out what drew her into pro wrestling. She was not allowed. She said the girls in her household were not allowed to watch pro wrestling when she was growing up. But there's a certain show that she watched that isn't Raw or SmackDown that made her instantly realize this is what I want to do with my life. It's uh, it, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, totally. Interesting. There's your hint. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, the boom drops usually Wednesday or Thursday. And, and uh, it's either a discussion like I'm having with Wade here today, or oftentimes we'll have an interview guest on as well. Uh, so check that out at pwboom.com or search for Pro Wrestling Boom on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcasts and subscribe today. Awesome. Excellent. Um, so what, what do you think is going to happen with Universal Title? Uh, is there any choice other than Seth or Braun to unseat Lesnar? And how? what is your hunch? You've talked about, well, if it could be WrestleMania, it could be the Rumble. How long do you think Brock can go considering he's got this UFC fight coming up with, with Daniel Cormier? Um, could be in May of next year. What, can he – I mean – I think fans are on to it that he's going to do very little and nothing to risk getting hurt. Not quite to the degree of John Cena while he's filming a movie, but pretty close. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, I mean, can you build WrestleMania around a Brock Lesnar? I mean, you can, but is it is it what we want to see uh, when you know you're just going to get more of a of a movie scene than a match when it comes to Brock at this point? You can still build it around Brock Lesnar, especially if it's the, the fans suspect. This is the crowning moment for someone they really like, whether it's, you know, ideally Roman returning, um, I'm, you know, hopefully for, for his sake, that's a possibility, even by WrestleMania. Uh, if it's Seth Rollins getting that crowning moment of beating Brock Lesnar, you know, if, because if fans go into this thinking their guy is going to win, I think there's so few that, well, I shouldn't say few. There's a lot of people that care about match quality, but they're going to care more about seeing their guy have that moment of beating Brock Lesnar uh, more than they are about, well, Brock might not work as, as hard as he would if he wasn't going to do UFC. Yeah. So so what what is what's the ideal scenario to for a transfer of power, so to speak? 
Uh, my ideal scenario involves Drew McIntyre being a babyface and, and getting Brock Lesnar, <laughs> yeah, but they're not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but it's great to see they're doing good things with him as a heel, because as much as I think he's there, the, the answer to their problems of face of the company as a babyface, he's a really good heel, too. Yes. So I think, yeah, I think it is Seth. Uh, I because I, I mean who else would it be other than Braun Strowman and I don't think I I, I just it let's see if they could heat him up again uh, that's I was okay with Brock Lesnar winning this match at Crown Jewel because I didn't feel like it, it, neither neither outcome really excited me it was like back to Brock and the part time thing again or well, Braun Strowman's been flip-flopping because of the ro- of the rain situation, and just a, a an ill-advised heel turn yeah. that just never really had much behind it. Fans just weren't reacting to it the way they were him as a babyface, and then you flip him back days before the event or whatever it was, and it just didn't feel like it was time. So you know, let's see, maybe they can get Braun back to that point where fans are clamoring for it. But I think the easy answer right now is Seth Rollins. Uh, is Seth? I don't say damaged because I don't think that's a word, but does he have less momentum than if they had gone with what I advocated for, which is reassess the situation uh, going into SummerSlam and give Seth the match against Brock and have Seth win because Seth is clearly uh, a hotter babyface who doesn't have the baggage that Roman Reigns has. Now, I, I get the counter argument too. I mean, I do. I understand. But I, I just felt like Seth had so much to gain from being the guy who cut that fiery babyface promo that Roman Reigns just didn't have in him, and and went in and beat Brock, and I think it would have moved it it would have moved him up to another level, in the eyes of fans and the narrative of WWE to do it. Can that be recaptured now? Do you agree with my premise? And anyway, you can comment on that. But also, can that be? Can they tell a story that recaptures that if Seth is the guy who unseats Brock, or does it feel like? WWE is settling for their second choice, no matter what story they tell, because of the Reigns' departure. Well, I, I think they will be. I think everybody knows that, but I don't think it's it's not the fan's second choice, so it doesn't matter. I, I think with Rollins, I like the idea of the, of, of t- taking the fans on the journey with him. You know, he wins the Royal Rumble. He earns that title shot. I, I think there's a, a way to what, what you said would have worked too. I mean, just thrusting him into that title picture and, and having him get that big win. But I, I do think there's also something to be said for just him really, again, just taking fans on, on that ride and, and building that support as you get closer to WrestleMania and thinking this is his crowning moment, this is going to happen, uh, even if it seems a little predictable if we know Brock is going to go away. Uh, but it seems like we're always thinking Brock is going to go away, and he just never does. <laughs> yeah, and there are extenuating circumstances, but they keep happening, and Brock keeps saying, sure, talk to me. How much right. money? Um, I'll do that. And Paul goes, how much money? Yeah, I'll talk Brock into it. You know, whatever whatever that dynamic is. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about this, the, the, the ter- use of the term, this little sidebar, but it's related? Saying spoiler. I, I want it to go away. I, like, I don't like Heyman doing it. I didn't like Styles doing it. I, I, it, it it's, it's a wink to the audience, little dog whistle that, hey, certain fans out there hear it, others don't. But I, I'm I'm telling you this could have like what's the point in that? I, I it's I guess it's Paul Heyman's version of Vince McMahon you know guaranteeing guaranteeing teeing it but I, I don't like I, I it sounds like boasting and there's plausible deniability but if it happens to be true until it's not I don't know I, it's just it's not my favorite thing that's happening right now I I don't yeah I, it doesn't irritate me as much I, I know 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's spoiler. It's a term that we all use on the Internet for uh, you know, tape, television tapings and things like that. But they also use it for television shows that are non-wrestling and and movies and things like that. So I get I think it kind of works on both levels. If you're someone suspending your disbelief, it, it doesn't necessarily have to take you out of the moment because you're used to hearing that term um, from other genres. But, yeah, I mean, if you are somebody that is is reading all the sites and everything for spoilers and maybe it does it, it's it, it doesn't irritate me as much as you but um what did you think of paul's line that he had on the, the was it last week's show about uh predetermined yeah i don't like that either i i thought it was very clever <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> well i, I don't just i don't think it's not clever i just don't yeah i i, I don't like drawing attention on a wrestling show because it's unique in the sense that it's it, I don't know if unique's word, but it, it's it, when you're watching it, you're supposed to be in this world where you know it's like I, I was I was super irritated by Batista going. I never cared about winning or losing, just to entertain you guys. And I was like, okay, cut, <laughs> like start <laughs> over. I don't care if we're on live TV. That's not making it to Hulu. You can't say that. Like, no, winning and losing is everything, and that's a story that we are telling. You cannot undercut that on the actual show where others are saying it's 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 the the the, the yeah, say well, that in an interview it, yeah the, the, but not on our show not on television yeah you don't want the superhero going i don't care about fighting evil i just want to entertain you with funny you know great scenes and funny quips um so yeah or, or just i mean think of an athlete saying it pick your sport you know i mean for me it's football think of think of a kirk cousins going i don't care if we win or lose as long as you fans are entertained i'd want to strangle him yeah, exactly. And so that, that's where I, I'm against any of that stuff that pulls you out of the of uh, the hard-earned suspension of disbelief when you're watching a show. I don't want to be a bucket of water thrown on me going, oh, that's right, what I'm watching isn't isn't you know real. And, and it's more just sloppy storytelling. I mean, there's just no – there's no other example in, in, in writing novels – uh, plays it just doesn't happen where in the middle of something you're reminded that what you're watching is not real that's just not that you work very hard to get people to, to be drawn into your world so i don't like batista doing it there, and, well there are more i'm trying to think of a good example something i i don't for some reason like the, the scream movies come to mind and that may not even be the i mean that the, well, the in modern family in modern family when the dad glimpses at the camera yeah, I mean, but that, I mean, it's almost like it's supposed to be like, a, what, a documentary? They just never even acknowledged. Yeah, The Office uh, certainly was, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and so, but there are shows that kind of do that little wink at the camera from time to time. I, I don't need it in pro wrestling either, I know what you're saying, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there are some. And and so, yeah, I guess that's where bringing up the predetermined thing, and that's where I use the word unique, you know, like pro wrestling's unique in that way, like, I don't know if yeah. you want to want to kind of throw in people's I mean I don't know to me it seems like someone's trying to get themselves over with a funny line at the expense of the larger story that's being told so fair uh, enough yeah uh, okay so on the uh, I want to stick with the raw depth chart because I'm fascinated by the reshuffling Greg Parks writes about this in this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter so VIP members can check that out too the, the Roman Reigns departure does create a bit of a reassessment a recalibration of what what where everybody is and like you said, Drew McIntyre is going to be potentially the Roman Reigns replacement as the the face of the company, and and I think he's done nothing to dissuade critics or those who are behind him 
from thinking that's a path that that is realistic for him. I don't mean it, it's inevitable, but it's realistic to, to talk about it. I thought he was great on on Monday, and he's just he's I, from everything I've heard, he's he's been a great uh, he's been great professional behind the scenes, completely different person, super mature. Um, and so I, I think that's a, I think Vince is looking at him in that way, but it's they're not doing it right now, and, and maybe they shouldn't. You know, I mean, it, if you have an emergency turn that's rushed, and you don't just tell the flesh out the full story of the Drew McIntyre journey um, because of uh, that, that can hurt things. You know, that, then you end up in the Braun Strowman position where you're being yeah. turned circumstantially instead of for the short term instead of long term. But right now, you got Braun and Seth as the clear top two men ba- male baby faces on Raw. And then you have this drop-off to Finn Balor, who's become a jobber, Elias, who they're trying to elevate as a freshly turned babyface, but I don't see him main eventing a pay-per-view and having pay-per-view quality matches yet. And, and you think and, he's three. Well, and then the only other – then I was going to say, like, when you look at the depth chart, Apollo Crews is number five right now. He's wow. number five. And he just won his first TV match, and fans were – are bored with him, you know. Like, but, yeah. hey, it was against a former WWE champion. Come on, <laughs> yes, who, even, who, who loses every week? Who even? I think it was Corey Graves who said, "Yeah, it doesn't seem to quite have the edge that he did when he was champion." So he's gone <laughs> soft. I have not had the chance to talk about Harry's Razors in a while, but they're back as a sponsor of the program, and I'm happy to endorse this product. It is my razor of choice now, and I highly recommend you check it out if you shave. Uh, Harry's razors are great. The, the the packaging that they come in, the the craftsmanship of what you hold in your hand, the balance, the sense of quality is all important when you're putting something sharp up against your skin and you want it to feel good and leave your skin feeling good, but also accomplish its task of giving you a clean shave. Harry's does all of that. It's got a smooth, comfortable glide. It just feels right in your hand. Uh, those cheap plastic razors or the imitations out there that try to look fancy and you overpay for don't have the same feel. of Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know switching razors isn't an easy decision, so they created a trial offer. And you can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash pwtorch. That's right, harrys.com slash pwtorch to redeem your offer. You can redeem your trial set at harrys.com slash pwtorch. You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, all in pretty cool packaging. And if you end up liking Harry's, well, you can save money in the long run because by selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. Just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more. So check it out. Go get your free $13 value trial set with everything you need at harrys.com slash pwtorch. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so, but when you look at other towns, you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are candidates to be the leapfrog, all three of them. Um, when, when they come back, uh, yeah. in, in, depending on what role they're in, and they're on at the moment. Uh, Bobby Roode, I think, is is at the level I expected him to be at. Um, with all due respect to all his TNA headline matches, it just 
in, not even at his age, even if he's seven years younger, I think he's at the spot that he kind of belongs um, or is natural for him. But they turned Dean Ambrose. Dean, uh, Drew McIntyre is a heel. Dolph Ziggler, they could turn, um, and, and he'd be in that mix, but not just in a... Not for sure at no, Finn Balor. No, you know, no. and I, well, I, yeah, I, no, trust me. And Bobby Lashley, they turned heel. Um, and I, I think he's better as a heel, so that's the right move. And Baron Corbin is a heel, and I don't see him as a babyface anytime soon. Jinder Mahal, w- no matter what they do, he's still Jinder Mahal. Um, so, and, and, you know, so there's an X factor with Bray Wyatt. Uh, Greg Parks wrote about him also on, the, on PWTorch.com as an X factor out there who can be utilized. But they're really, I mean, there, there's, that's it. I mean, that's, Kurt Angle is a sad sack part-timer. Yes. Um, I mean, there's Titus O'Neil, there's Rhino, there's Heath Slater. So I'm just being exhaustive here in my list of talent. I mean, Mike Kanellis, uh, Chad Gable. Uh, there, there's, I mean, they have... Uh, okay, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Now I've done everybody. Um, there, there's not... They've got a depth problem on Raw right now. And they are, you know, five months, six months away from a superstar shakeup. Is Is, is that sustainable? Can they... With and this is all kind of leading to the Elias question: Can Elias be a a, a suitable top four babyface when the top four heel depth chart is Dean, Drew, Dolph, and Bobby? Is Elias okay? Can he bridge you till you reshuffle and promote some talent? I, I think he's fine in the in the third babyface role. I mean, he needs to improve in the ring. He, he was in there with Dolph Ziggler, who you know normally has a pretty good match with just about everybody, and it was nothing. You know, it was not anything special. The the, the week before with Jinder, I, I tried to give him a pass. Um, and I mentioned this with it, it really couldn't hurt his in ring performances to I don't know get him out of the work boots that he's wrestling. <laughs> yes, in. I saw that. Yep. What in the hell? Yeah, I, I mean, seriously, that that's kind of the short. That's clearly the shortcoming of his game. Fans love him, and so when we look at, you know, typically you'd want somebody who's better in the ring, but he has that connection with fans, and he's had it for a while now. So yeah, I mean, I would be hesitant to do try to do too much with him as far as in the ring is concerned. But yeah, you have to hope that that he improves in that area, be, and and if he can just be competent in the ring, if the fans continue to adore him as much as they do, you know, I, I really think he has a very bright future. So he needs to look more like a wrestler, and then that'll help him actually wrestle. Well, to me, it's not even that he needs to look the part. It, it's that, I mean, walk around in work boots. If you're somebody who does it all the time, well, you're used to it. But, I mean, it, they're they're big, they're clunky. It's just... I don't even know that he needs to change his look dramatically as much as just like I don't wear more traditional gear rather than these big, heavy, clunky work boots in the ring. It it, it has to slow him down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So from from a catching fire as a babyface standpoint, what are we seeing with Elias right now? Is I mean, he was the most over guy in Manchester on Monday, according to multiple on-site correspondents. You know, it's hard to tell on TV sometimes. And some of it seemed like they had fun singing. I mean, he's over. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But when you, it's sometimes, you know, was was Bailey one of the most popular people? When at one time she was, but then there were times where they were still singing the Bailey song, which thank God they finally dropped. It was fun while it lasted. The, the thrill is gone. Let's let's move on, England. And they did. So thank you, England. Uh, it, somebody tried. They few fans tried to start it, and it didn't catch on. I was so happy. Uh, <laughs> but there were times when they were still singing the Bailey song that she was. You know, I mean, it, some of it may have been a little bit of rebellion in terms of do more with her, but she wasn't. 
super over at that moment. So, but and Elias is. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I mean, let's see what the crowds do once he gets back over here and there's not the sing along. Yeah, and and that is the question: is can Elias take things to that next level? I, I did that long, you know, assessment of the raw depth chart because it, it's to make the Elias question to put it in the proper context, which is this is more important than Fandango or Adam Rose. Like they, they, they they need him to be something significant enough to hold a top three babyface spot on raw because they're jobbing out Finn Balor and Apollo Cruz is next in line. And he just finally won. So I, you know, it's just, it's crazy when you look at it. I mean, yes, there's Brock Lesnar in the mix as a heel and, um, and he, you know, but it's just one match here or there on a special show. So I don't know. I'm 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 intrigued by it, and 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 Elias might get pushed, over pushed, more than he's ready to be. And and I, I but I, I the thing I love about watching professional wrestling, uh, one of the things is the journey that wrestlers go on and trying to see if they can live up to the spot that they're given, and if fans ride that, if if fans uh, buy into it, if a wrestler is over pushed, do they reject it? Uh, so, but right now, I don't think you can look at that lineup and go that WWE is under pushing somebody who deserves more of a babyface push. Like that, those are usually the easy answers. Oh well, all they have to do is just finally give time to wrestler right. X, other than Finn Balor. But I feel like you know they're sort of establishing what they think he is at this point. But he's the other option. It's just get Finn strong again. Um, well, and they're they're paying for their past mistakes there with with Finn. I mean, they should have done more with Finn yeah. all along, and they've just run him into the ground. And so, yeah, I mean, he'll be right there with Elias for number three, I would think. He's kind of in that tough spot with he's probably he's number four in my mind because he's working with Lashley, and both guys need wins, and that leads to the parody booking. And maybe they're moving on from it, just seeing that you know you had. McIntyre and Balor had the moment. Lashley and McIntyre had the moment, but I don't see Balor beating McIntyre either. So yeah, he he seems to be number four, and it's just it's too bad. I, I mean, they should think about giving serious serious consideration to executing a trade, uh, you know, a storyline trade with SmackDown yep. to bring someone over, or calling up the right person from NXT. There's there's definitely options there if you want to try to breathe some life into the, the babyface side of your roster. Who is who is on the NXT depth chart that you think? Oh yeah, call him up. And that you don't want to be completely disruptive to NXT, but who can who can you bring up and and put onto Raw and have him be that number three, number four babyface out of the gate? I, it's okay. Obviously, you have to. They know things we don't. I, I'm always hesitant with this because mm-hmm. they know the maturity level. They know if the person is ready for it mentally and those sort of things. Uh, for me, I'm I'm very careful. I, I wouldn't bring up a Velveteen Dream right now. I, I still think he needs a little more polish in the ring. I think he's really good at what he does. And, and unless Vince McMahon is just in love with the guy, I would be very afraid that Vince McMahon isn't going to going to do right by that character. And so I would want to keep him down there as long as you can and wait for a better time. Um, Johnny Gargano kind of feels like he's too in the middle of everything. Yeah, I I I would bring up Ricochet. Yeah. I, I don't think I mean, yes, he's the, um, the the North American champion or whatever, but I think you can easily have him drop that championship and kind of introduce him to play that kind of new sensation role. And I think, you know, with the flashy offense and things, if they feel he's ready for it, that's a guy I would go with. 
yeah, I, I think that is probably the best pick. He's the least defined down and the least tied down and can walk in and, and they can sort of do what they have done wrong with Finn Balor um, and, and have this this fresh face who is very different than Seth and Braun. Um, but you can imagine him matched up against Drew McIntyre. That that and as long as you treat him as an equal, you know, this sensation, this rookie sensation on the main roster, you can tell a great story there. Ricochet against Dean Ambrose, tell a really good story there. Uh, Bobby Lashley, tell a good story there. So there's, and Dolph Ziggler can have good matches with, with, with Dolph and, and let Dolph be kind of the stepping stone for Ricochet to show that he's for real. Yeah, that bridges you, and, and, and who knows, you know, where Ricochet goes from there. I, I, I think he's uh, been impressive in NXT so far um, and, and adapted well to the WWE style, which I know was a knock on him for a while. So it's interesting. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, okay. Um, if we fl- flip over to SmackDown and we talk about uh, one of the top... Well, and this leads into some Survivor Series talk, which is... It, it's such a small window, Jason, for Survivor Series, um, which I'm very grateful for. Because <laughs> I don't know if I can handle too much more brand supremacy talk than uh, two weeks. Uh, because it's so arbitrary and so silly. Uh, that's, Agreed. That said, um, I, I was thoroughly entertained. But, and I, I still am not quite sure how this all falls into place. But it's thoroughly entertained by Shane McMahon. Um, coming out to this... Huge, the, the, I think unexpected booze, but I'm not. I'm not sure. So I got a lot of questions on this for you because uh, I want to kind of flesh this out and figure it out. Did Shane intend to be a heel? In uh, the way Shane was booked at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia last Friday, um, was he booked to be a heel, and was he? Did he portray himself as a heel? Both. My interpretation is yes, he was a heel. And it started with that threat to fire anyone from, you know, any of the four wrestlers if they lost to someone uh, on the raw side in the finals. Like that's just irrational. It's all because of, you know, his sister uh, would gloat. It it was like, what? And at at the moment, it's like, he's a baby face. This is ridiculous. But when you see that, followed by Shane coming out and having this ridiculously over-the-top celebration for stealing a win in the finals of a tournament that he didn't belong in. And just the way the broadcast team was kind of questioning it, too, uh, That was it was interesting to listen to them. It, it, it To me, it didn't come off like they were, oh, thank goodness for Shane O'Mac. It, it wasn't one of those. And so I think he's a heel. I, th- I think they kind of pulled back a little bit because I don't think they're ready to completely pull the trigger. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see that happen at Survivor Series. Because I agree with everything you said. And I thought that he, he would get he would deservedly get booed. But then Shane was like, well, I did it on instinct. You know, like he was making excuses and there wasn't a, a big pushback for it. And then the way the show played out, it it felt like, well... It, it, if the fans and the announcers had been on Shane's side, that's how you would have booked SmackDown. 
so I, I felt like coming out of SmackDown, there was less clarity. The fans booed him, but then he tried to talk his way into it being something that that was reasonable to do given the circumstances. And he did it for SmackDown Pride. He did it for the roster, and nobody spoke out against him. And then you had Brian and Miz like advocating for Shane. You didn't have you know like I mean Miz was a, was sour grapes. Hey, that should have been uh, you know I shouldn't be punished for it. And then you have Shane saying. So I don't. I just felt like there was a a a, a complete uh, a barrage of mixed signals as far as Shane went, and that makes me think WWE just didn't think it through, or we're in the middle of a storyline. It'll make sense later, and and but I don't know how it makes sense later, and so I'm really intrigued. Well, that's because it's WWE. I, I think we're in the middle of a storyline. They think it's going to make sense later, and it won't make sense later. Yeah. Well, okay. it's just yeah, kind of their storytelling. You know, it, I, mean, it, I mean, it could be they're just trying to show you, OK, the ego is slowly soaring. Right. Because yeah. I, I thought when he was humble enough to say he doesn't think he's best in the world, and I'm like, OK, that's interesting. But then when Daniel Bryan pointed it out, Shane kind of had that look like I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it, it was it wasn't just him agreeing with Daniel, like Daniel, you know, thank you for being humble enough or whatever the line was to, to admit you're not best in the world. And Shane kind of, I don't know if it was a double take that he did. I don't remember exactly, Yeah. but yeah, there was a, the, the look kind of said like he didn't just take that as uh, uh he wasn't just laughing off that line. So I think we're seeing some subtle signs of him building up to whenever this moment, whatever this is, I don't know if it's, you know him becoming his father essentially, or if yeah. they're telling that story. But but I do the, the fact that they added him to the Survivor Series match makes me think something is going to happen there. And I, I guess the the weirdest part of it, it just was like really Miz and Daniel Bryan can both agree they want Shane McMahon on their team. Yeah, well, that's, he's that's, their first pick. That, I mean, he, come on. Well, that's a, and that's the part that's a little rich for anything having to do with Shane McMahon dating back to that no rules sprawl with Kurt Angle, an Olympic gold medalist where Shane held his own. And I mean, I've never gotten over that. It was just, it was so ridiculous back then. And, 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 and watch the D there was a DVD where Shane, you know, Shane talked off camera about, I'm going to have a great match with, I, I, Kurt and I talked behind the scenes and we came up with great spots and it was like, so before it's time and so not appropriate for the moment. And it's still, I, so I don't know. There's just like all kinds of things about Shane that where I just feel like his character has just been so, um, there's been delusion, but he's a McMahon. So, I mean, he's going to be portrayed a certain way that that is privileged. But I, I just, I guess I'm more surprised that fans have embraced the the uh, the privileged rich kid who gets to do all the things, do everybody else's spots, mention the name of the city, and do all that stuff that I rant about with Shane. And I think that now they have this opportunity, if they do it well and right, to finally cast Shane the way I think he should be, <laughs> he should be cast and point out all these things that I think are obvious reasons to boo the guy. And I'm intrigued by it, but what I'm intrigued by, because I think it can end in a good spot here, as long as it doesn't just become, you know, SmackDown doesn't become all about Shane McMahon. But right. in my mind, I can I can imagine the scenario where they're plotting this out all the way to Fox uh, next fall, where they, th- when they get on Fox, they the, it's going to be the McMahon show. Um, and it's going to be about Shane and Stephanie and a sibling rivalry. I'm intrigued with the next chapter with Stephanie next week on Raw. They're, they're building it up. They're advertising it. Um, we have this brand supremacy thing. Stephanie can't turn babyface, can she? So if is it going to be a united front? Like they can't go into Survivor Series without Shane and Stephanie being rivals. But you have to have somebody who fans are. Well, this is why the whole brand supremacy thing is so stupid. Because fans, yeah. fans like WWE, you don't want fans going Monday 
to Ron Manchester, but not go to SmackDown because they bleed red. It's just so counterproductive and stupid. You get you get you get to vote like Ron SmackDown. You get to vote for both the Republican and the Democrat. You know, like that's what you you know it, you you that's what WWE should want. They don't want you picking sides, and yet that's what the storyline is. So, what is Stephanie going to do on Monday to forward this to a landing place that makes sense? Oh God, I have no idea. Okay, good. <laughs> then I'm not missing anything because I I. I I, I assume she's going to come out there and make fun of Shane in a way that that she can say, and I wrote this in my SmackDown report on PWTorch.com on, on Tuesday night. She's going to come out there and do something to embarrass Shane and show that she's the alpha and she's smarter and all that. But she's going to write it off as, well, I'm just being a heel and I'm just being snarky. Get over it. You know, develop a thicker skin. Because she does that with Shane. Um, do you, and, by, by the way, do you really think Shane McMahon's going to be on Fox? I'm not saying never, but like a, a weekly fixture. Oh, God, yes. I mean, Shane or Stephanie will for a while. Well, that's just it. I, I don't know that it's both. Well, well, oh, sure. And oh, maybe Stephanie moves to SmackDown and, and Shane takes over Raw. I First of all, I don't think it's that big of a difference whether you're on – I like there's all these people say, oh, SmackDown's going to become the A brand when they're on Fox. I just don't think broadcast television means as much as it used to. And so I, I just don't think there's going to be this massive difference in viewership or prestige. It's Friday night and – I, it just so I mean it's a it's a boost it's a boost to have its own network and to be promoted as part of a weekend lineup by a network that has the NFL and I get all that but I don't think it's just like well now Raw becomes the distant B brand I think they'll be pretty I think they'll be parody so I don't think that that Stephanie is gonna is necessarily gonna be like oh, I want to be on Fox Shane, I don't oh Shane, I do really okay see I I, I agree with I don't think it's gonna become you know. Raw doesn't become what SmackDown was for many years. Like you say, the distant number two. I don't. I think SmackDown does become number one, and they're always going to position it as you know they're they're both the flagship shows. But I think SmackDown becomes the flagship, and I think because it's Fox and there's some sex appeal to that more so than the network they've been on for for so many years. I I definitely think Stephanie is going to want to be on that show. I don't know how they do it. It's going to be really awkward. Like, are they drafted two different brands? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I will be surprised if somehow, some way, Stephanie and Hunter don't end up on Friday nights. Uh, yeah, and, and you could be right. And I think what they're doing now with Sh- – I guess my thing is what they're doing with Shane now I think might have a payoff that is a year down the line. Like I think they could be looking that far ahead uh, where getting on – I mean – I. I don't think being on Fox is that much big, is that big of a deal compared to being on USA Network in this era. That said, I think within WWE that there are people who do, and that they want to be the face of Fox. Well, you the new you want to have your face being the one advertised during Thursday Night Football and and the World Series and everything else Fox has going on, right? So so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing to to watch play out. In the meantime, uh, so so. We're in agreement. We we don't know if the story is being told well. It's hard to tell where it's going, and when it all falls into place. In retrospect, it may not make sense, but it, but I hope it does. I mean, I hope that this. Yeah. I hope that the Shane being booed, but slapping hands and smiling on his way to the ring, and all the mixed signals we got is is because they're just trying to stretch it out to something that happens at Survivor Series. Um, what do you think of of the Daniel Bryan Miz dynamic? Was this? No, let's oh. tell us. Let's tell a story for two hours. Of these guys getting along and being surprised by it, but then in the end, you know, it proves they can't get along, and you know, Brian throws the punch, and that's the end of it. Or is this a longer story arc with a, a more significant endpoint? 
I, I don't think it's a longer story with those two. Um, I mean, you, you know, it'll there'll be more at Survivor Series. Uh, beyond that, I, I think they're done. I, I mean, you're always going to have this sense of rivalry between them. Uh, I didn't like it because it felt like buddy cops where they, you know, yes. they didn't get along at first and then they started to. And yeah, at the end, Brian kind of snapped. But I think Brian is moving on, sadly, to something with Shane. Uh, it's, it doesn't excite me. Um, but I think that's the direction they're going in. And I don't know where that leaves Miz. Yeah. Is, is, speaking of Miz, is he on a course towards being a babyface or a beloved heel indefinitely? Like, what, what, are the, what are you sensing for Miz at this point, the way that they're portraying Miz and where he's going? I, you know, I can't figure out what they're doing with him. Like, if they are thinking of turning him baby-faced and softening things with him and Daniel Bryan does make sense. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that that's what they're doing. I'd love to say he's on the course of being uh, uh, positioned as a worthy contender to AJ Styles, and there was a time when he felt like he was on his way, Yeah. but they've kind of pulled back again and, and made him kind of, you know, clown around Miz a little too much. He, he's... He, he's not as, you know, he, he needs to start racking up wins if that's what they have in mind and meaningful ones. And I, and I don't see that. He just seems to be a guy right now that is losing as much as he wins, if not more than, than that. And, and so I don't, that's, a, that's where I'm not quite sure where Miz fits in. What's next for him? I, I don't see an obvious opponent there. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I he's, he, I think he's super talented and yeah. And really valuable to fill TV time, and and I can understand in the WWE style of presenting pro wrestling television, he's a, a, an MVP candidate um, for whatever show he's on. But yeah, where do they where do they where are they going, and what's the right pace so that you don't end up ahead of the fans or behind the fans? Um, because I don't I think you can turn a baby face once and without it, you know, if you, if you turn a face and then turn him heel and turn a face, it's diminishing return. So you got to pick your spot. Um, so yeah, so okay. and when and when does Miz and Mrs. return? Oh my God, I love that show. Do you? Oh, I do. Yeah, Marjo <laughs> is Marjo was a star. I thought it was going to be Mrs. Dad, and I still love Mrs. Dad, but Marjo, Mrs. Mom, is hilarious. And it's it's not fair because Sarah Kay, you know, she writes reviews for Total Bellas and Total Divas and Miz and Mrs. And there just wasn't as much to make fun of. Like she can be so snarky and and you know the bellas give her such fodder and that show does the, the the total divas total bella shows do but miss and misses it didn't it there wasn't as much that you know there wasn't that kind of um not hate watching but snark watching that that you could do with that show they're likable people yes. they really are yep yep Okay, so we, we touched on this earlier. I want to explore it briefly more. If not AJ Styles, who and when and how as champion? Well, I would have said Joe. Yeah. You know, I, 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 was, I wasn't surprised that he lost at, at Crown Jewel. I was hoping it would have protected him a little bit more. That kind of felt like, here's your clean house show finish out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, I mean, throughout the course of that feud, it was like, just put it on Joe, put it on Joe. And they didn't. And now I don't know. Um, you mentioned Orton earlier. Hypothetically, that might be where they're going with this because when you think about who are the heels on SmackDown, I mean, Shinsuke had his run and it wasn't pretty uh, with, with AJ. And, I mean, who else is there? He's kind of run through the meaningful players on that brand. I, I know. that I, I agree. I do not know what uh, what the obvious course is. I don't know how people feel 
will feel about Randy Orton if it feels like, well, yeah, he deserves another another turn on top. Um, and and he's a legacy star and he's a good heel. And then we line up uh, babyface challengers to go against him. And, I mean, I think you can. I don't think Jeff Hardy can be a world title challenger. I mean, I think they've kind of a step defined him down enough. I but agree. if But if Orton is champion, you can do Daniel Bryan as a challenger. I think you can do Rey Mysterio as a challenger, the way that they're giving Rey a push. And I don't think they necessarily will, but it's on the table. Rusev, they can tell a story with him for six months, building him up to that level where, and again, there'll be a superstar shakeup to change this, so it's sort of irrelevant. But um, I think they could build up Rusev to where, I don't know if Rusev feels like he could be a WrestleMania challenger to Randy Orton, where it wouldn't feel like a, a big downgrade from for SmackDown on the WrestleMania lineup, where it's just, yeah. oh, that'll be third match on the show and whatever. But but I think you could do a house show and a, a non-marquee top-level pay-per-view uh, feud with Orton and Rusev. But they'd have to tell that story well with Rusev, and it seems like they're, they're they don't, that's not Vince's thinking on Rusev. Um but but yeah, I mean, I think there's enough there, and then heck, I mean, you could turn Miss and have him uh, feud as a babyface with Randy Orton too. So there's and eventually Joe can turn babyface. I mean, again, all these you can do once effectively, and if you do it for if you do what you're doing with Braun, then you end up with diminishing returns. But there are, and there are a lot of cards that you can play with Randy as as champion. I'm not looking forward to Randy as champion headlining or co-headlining pay per views because. You know his matches just don't excite me anymore, and I think fans have picked up on that. And that's one of the the dangers with Randy at this point is is he really a guy that that you want to be trying to sell people on his main events as a as a reason to tune in and subscribe to the network or pay a ticket for him in a main event at a house show. Well, and, and the tricky part too with Randy, I mean, they've been playing this he's the sadistic heel who will do anything kind of a thing. And what what do you do to top what Samoa Joe did? by incorporating AJ's family. So if that's next on the horizon, I don't know what it would be. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, but I mean, he really does feel like, I mean, obviously you can do more with AJ and Daniel if you want to, but it doesn't seem like they're working toward that. So yeah, it, it does feel like Randy Orton is, is, and you can get, you know, if you want to just kind of get a couple months out of Miz and AJ, even with Miz in his you know, current state, if you don't plan to make him the champion, you can you can still have him in that title picture. Um, but, I mean, I would love to see Miz built up in a way where it felt like he belonged there and it wasn't a foregone conclusion that AJ was going to win. So, yeah, I think by default, Randy is probably your next champion if they're going to do a title change anytime before the shakeup. Yeah. All right. Uh, women's division. I, I, it it's become such a big part of WWE, and it's a good thing. I mean, I can't imagine the shows right now without women's matches and women's segments and the star power that the women's division has. I even like Mandy Rose getting mic time on SmackDown this week with uh, a, a Sonya Deville uh, angle or, or you know situation being set up there. They're they're actually building some depth to the women's division storylines that that can be used to um, not only fill more TV time in a way that seems to matter, but help take these women on a journey towards being more relevant in the title picture. What, what we'll start with the Becky Ronda thing and then work our way down a little bit in terms of the, uh, the women's divisions. Are they, are they doing things right with Becky and Ronda right now to make their survivor series match feel like it could headline that damn show? I mean, like I'm sold. I, yeah, yeah. I'm in on this. Yeah, absolutely. It won't, but it, but it could. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and what, by the way, what would it say about the women's division if Brock Lesnar is on a show and they headline with Ronda versus Becky? Like, that's an opportunity WWE should consider. When It's one thing to have them headline on a show that doesn't have a, quote, special attraction match. But if you actually have 
that after AJ Brock. By the way, it it should because AJ Brock. Well, I know maybe it'll be a decent match. Maybe Brock will risk injury and have a full fledged match. But we know Becky and Ronda will. Um, and granted, with Shane involved in the in the men's tag match, that might headline too. I mean, there's a lot of candidates. But yeah, I, my point is is like headline the women on a show where it, it's surprising to people, not the obvious move. Well, uh, the only hesitancy I have there is if they're going to headline WrestleMania with Charlotte and Ronda. I don't know that they headline a show before then with the women. They may just hold off on that uh, just to make it seem even more special. Um, but yeah, what, what are the odds I, they do that? Now that you introduce that, real quick. Charlotte. It depends what else they have. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, because for a while it was like, well, do they have the, do, do they have Dwayne Johnson for Roman Reigns? And if not, boy, they're in trouble. And now it's like, well, if you don't have if Roman returns, as much as I never in a million years thought I would say this, Brock and Roman uh, returning Roman Reigns is a pretty hot attraction. Oh yeah, well, of course. You know, so yeah, so I mean, if that would be. That way, if Roman were able to return, I would think that would be your main event. If even if it's Seth and, and, and it's going to be his crowning moment, I think you can make a strong case for you want to close the show with that. Um, but if it's you know, I, I don't know what else it would be. I don't think it's going to be something on the SmackDown side. And so it, it it depends what they have for that Universal Championship match or I guess for that matter, Undertaker's retirement, which there's a lot of speculation that that's what they're working toward is right. this is it for real this time. We mean it his final match and that could close. I don't know that it needs to. You'd want to have it on late, but I don't know that it needs to close the show either. But they may feel like, yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a accurate assessment of of the pros and cons of of and the different options that, that they have uh going forward with that so let, let's talk about uh more specifically what what's happening with becky um i, I she gave a, a fiery and 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 uh memorable and alpha top level wrestler statement on tuesday in response to ronda rousey becky is portraying herself as if she is as big of a star in the WWE environment as Ronda Rousey. And it's not an honor to be in the ring with somebody of your stature. It is it is an honor for you to be in the ring with someone of my stature. I mean, I just I, – in, in her delivery, she is absolutely stepping up. I don't think they had to do the, the, the ill-fated heel turn to get her to this point because I think she was on this track and always had this uh, in her. Uh, but they're – they are. She is steering herself, and the fans are steering her into a place where, when you think about the, the SmackDown roster right now, it's debate. You can make the argument that Becky's a top star on that brand. Yeah, well, and, and the, the funny thing is, when you were t- kind of building up Becky's promo and how good it was, you could have said the same thing about Ronda on Monday, but then Becky just blew it away on Tuesday. Now, I think they're both cutting great promos. The it, it they remind me of what you would get. From, say, a Brock Lesnar, just to pick a, a, a name everybody knows, from UFC, and those sit-down interviews where you have the benefit of piecing things together. You know, they, they sit down for a while. It's not just one consecutive promo that they're cutting. And, and you, so you'll kind of get clips, and it's like the best of whatever they say in these interview sessions for the sit-down interviews for, that they air as highlight packages. Except we're getting those delivered live in a ring. It, it, it's like the best of material live in a ring from Rhonda and Becky. Like if you sat them down, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd be able to get this out of them as, as 
it, it wouldn't be as good as what we're getting live. And that, and that, I mean, that's a, that's a strong compliment uh, to, to give because I, I just think Becky especially just killed it. And, and Ronda has been very good as well. So I, I guess my only concern is that they still have this weird thing where they're trying to justify Becky's the heel because they made the wrong move. I, when that match happens, I don't want Becky to be all bark, no bite, where she starts to beg off. And, and we saw a little bit of that with her during the Charlotte program. I, I want her to back up what she's saying. Well, even if she loses, she just goes right at Ronda, shows no fear, no intimidation. I, I don't know that they'll play it that way, though. Is, has WWE had any missteps in the last couple of weeks on Ronda and Becky? Is there? Have you watched what they've done and you would say, oh, yeah, I would have done this different with Ronda or this different with Becky? With Becky, no, because she's not insulting fans and she's not – I mean I still think – she's basically – Every she's she's risen above what we thought for the because for the longest time a lot of us um, fans and 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 people in our position doing what we do were saying she's a really really good talker why aren't they doing more with her and as good as I think we all felt she was she's exceeded my expectations that's for yeah. sure yeah. and I I thought very highly of her I thought she was one of the best talkers on that roster. And so, I mean, it has given her a bit of an edge, just that weird heel turn thing. Um, but yeah, I I like Rhonda um, talking a little bit about her history. I know people are kind of down, feeling like she was taking jabs at Becky for going to clown call. Like that's her history. I, I didn't see it. I didn't think she was saying it as a, in an insulting manner as much as saying, "Well, you were doing these things. Here's what I was doing." And if it had, you know, it. it that's Becky's true history. So I, I didn't find it to be condescending as much as just going, saying that, I, you know, I've been built for this my entire life. Um, I thought it was weird. She talked about her mom waking her up to try to break her arm. <laughs> yes. Um, but part, part, I, of, I part of Rhonda's gimmick is she's she seems like she was she's a little different and she was raised a little different. And her outlook on the world is a little different. Like there's just something about her that hasn't quite blended in seamlessly to societal norms. That's part of what I think they're starting to flesh out with her character. That's always been there with her in MMA. You know, like, Rhonda, how do you feel about having a hot streak in MMA and now losing a couple fights? How dare you ask me that question? Well, <laughs> you're in sports and there's wins and losses, and this is what the media does when you get to come on our show and you want to publicize a fight and talk about it. It's like, ah, that's, a, you know, it's like, like it's just like there's things about her and and in wrestling it's it's in WWE environment it's it's fun to see that kind of get fleshed out cuz the best characters there's an authenticity to what they you know Vince McMahon always said it we, our wrestling characters are amplifications of who they really are and they're still trying to figure out how to amplify Ron in a way that doesn't diminish her into a flake but but ampl- but but takes the things that are flaky about her and turns them into compelling intriguing qualities that make you more apt to want to see her on her journey. Yeah. I, one thing that they need to be careful because I mean, look at the reaction that there's been to the clown college thing, which I, I don't think was intentionally condescending. There's, oh, there are a lot of Becky Lynch fans who are, and, and that are looking for a reason to dislike Ronda Rousey and going into this match. And so I think they need to be very careful of having Becky one up her every time. 
Um, now there's only one more round of promos to go, but even it's a little bit risky when, because they obviously want Ronda to be such a strong face of, of the women's division along with Becky, but more so than Becky. It's, so it's a little risky to have her, have Becky say the, the line she did about, uh, what was it? She's, she's proud or whatever it was. She's not, or she respects. That's what it was. Um, that she called Rhonda as much as I love the line from Becky's perspective that I'm not, I I don't need your respect or whatever the line was. It does kind of make Rhonda, it, it, it makes Becky fans go, yeah, screw Ronda Rousey. And I don't know that, I, I guarantee you that's not what they want. As much as they'll tell you that you know any reaction is a great reaction, they don't want this to blow up in their faces and have fans who up until now had really liked Ronda Rousey to suddenly turn on her uh, for more than a night. If they choose in the moment to cheer for Becky, fine. But they want fans coming out of this to still love Ronda Rousey. And so they have to be very careful over the next uh, week and a half of, of, to make sure that doesn't happen. So what are you thinking happens at Survivor Series between them where it ends up being that win-win because of the touchy situation that they're in? Mm, that It's another reason. Look, it's a match I'm really looking forward to. But the, the, they need to scrap this concept, this Raw versus SmackDown right, concept. Right, 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 yeah. This shouldn't be happening. There's no reason for this to happen. Yeah, it makes for... This is one of those rare, more often than not, I'm looking at going champion versus champion matches. I don't care. There might be a match in there. Hey, I'm, you know, once the bell rings, I'm sure I'll enjoy Lesnar and AJ. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what Rollins and Nakamura do. And I'm, and I'm really looking forward to this match. But there's not, do you really want to make it seem like one champion is stronger than the other? And so I don't know. I, I mean, I think they love Ronda. I'd be surprised if this were her, I'd be shocked if this were her first loss. I, I don't, and, you know, and, and if they did it clean. So I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, I, I Like I said, I kind of fear that Becky's going to turn into typical heel and try to run off or something. And, and I, I don't know, this, I, I, it's hard for me to go, this is the right call because I don't know that there is. It's it just, other than okay, there's there needs to be some schmas finishes on this show or distraction finishes that that give people outs. Yeah, I mean the the, the reason that these WWF versus NWA and WWF versus AWA world title matches that that the wrestling magazines back in the day w- would would pine for and fantasize for when they happened, there was never you know a clean finish because it would devastate the champion in their region. And WWE's taken this this. They, they they think it's intriguing. You know, it's a one time a year that the Raw and SmackDown superstars battle each other, and that's their line. But it's the one time a year that they book themselves, they paint themselves into this corner where they can't deliver finishes that don't do damage to wrestlers who otherwise are the alpha in their respective territory, either the, right. blue, the blue or the red. And they book themselves into it, and I, I don't think they get enough in return for it. it it's it's a nice it's it's a nice thing to 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 fantasize about hey let's make survivor series stand out with this theme i just think if they dropped all the theme stuff they'd be better off i mean tell and, and i mean just run pay-per-views but don't have hell in a cell on a certain date I, I i think royal rumble makes sense and and wrestlemania should be the big show of the year and they can build a crescendo at SummerSlam. but in terms of stipulations raw versus smackdown or a hell in a cell match drop that stuff it, it's it, the it, one time of year we do TLC. Are they still doing that? What's a December show this year? Do they scrap that finally? No, it's it's TLC. Yeah. Oh my god. 
Yep. So drop all that stuff and let the natural cadence of in, in the ebb and flow of what's happening with your feuds dictate whether you pull out the hell in a cell or whether you do a tables, ladders, chairs match. And save Raw versus SmackDown for when those wrestlers are on the same brand and you've kept them separate for years. So now it's a dream match and you can do a real finish. But when you force these, quote, dream matches, Ronda versus Becky, AJ, well, I mean, AJ versus Brock, you could... That's, you know, given Brock's limited time probably in WWE, probably, um, means, you know, why not get it out of the way when you can. But forcing Raw versus Smash, even even in the tag team match, you're giving away in a five-on-five match a lot of intriguing lockups and exchanges. That is what makes the superstar shakeup so intriguing. And they yeah. water and they water it down. So I think there's a way to shake up the Survivor Series concept and have heels against faces, but on you know on each other's brand and it's it's WWE it's a WWE network era so long as you have one or two strong main event matches you can do five heels against five faces from Raw and five heels against five faces from SmackDown fill out the undercard and get through the damn show and move on um, you don't have to cash in in a in a cal- in a forced calendar way with finishes that you don't want to do like Ronda and Becky where somebody comes out of it diminished or you've undercut the whole concept of the matches meaning anything because you do screwy finishes and you overdo it on screwy finishes. Yeah, I, I just think it was such a mistake to start this and and start the champion versus champion thing. If, yep. if you want – like like I agree with everything you said there. If you really wanted to do Raw versus SmackDown, you, you never should have said we're going to do all champion versus champion. Pick your matches that you want to have. Um, even, you know, because then you can control, okay, it would take them to, you know, looking ahead and, and planning ahead and, and knowing what they're going to do with the shakeup rather than deciding the week of, uh, but, um, okay, we, we're not going to move this guy. We can have, and, and we don't have big plans for him on raw. He can safely lose to Shinsuke Nakamura, but it'll be a good match. You know, that's, you can still do the concept without just going crazy with it and, and doing all these champion versus champion matches. I, it's, I, I get it. It's, it's a draw, it, it, but it just for creatively, it's not worth it. Let's, uh, anything else from WWE that's, uh, that you for sure want to talk about? That jumps out. Oh, let's, uh, I'd, I'd rather not talk about the awful big show. I mean, Nia Jax turn, um, what's, what's going on on SmackDown. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, uh, that, that, were, I mean, that Shinsuke, deserves attention. I think Shinsuke Seth is going to be really cool to watch. I hope so. I mean, the, uh, come on, Shinsuke, it's time. Yeah, you know, this is the time. Yeah, it really. If you, if he goes out there and just has a forgettable match with Seth Rollins, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah, um, that's a match I'm most looking forward to, but also most like you, bracing myself for disappointment that it'll be underwhelming, unfortunately. But but it has a potential to just rock the the just like completely be the story of that show when it comes to in-ring match quality. As much as I'm looking forward to Becky and Ronda and what they produce, that's going to be intriguing and it could be really good. But Seth and, and Shinsuke is, is, a, is a bonafide dream match of two guys who have incredible track records. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I really hope that Nakamura gets up for this match. And, and I mean, you know, Rollins will. So it, I, I think there's a chance it's just a, a real show stealer. I don't care about the elimination matches. I know yeah. people really love those. Um, I mean, do we need a tag team elimination match? Come on. I will say no. <laughs> we don't need I mean, 10 tag teams. I know. Oh, it's so bad. Don't don't sit ringside at Survivor Series. You want to sit about twelve rows up on the lower deck because when you're ringside, you're going to see a lot of um, a lot of the body part of Bobby Lashley that he likes showing off. What 
in the hell was that, Jason? <laughs> what? <laughs> was that just you know for what? Vince McMahon? I, I, will, I will be forced to stare at Bobby Lashley's ass every week if it means I never have to hear Leo Rush with a live mic during a match again. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest things. I mean, it was it was like uncomfortable. Like I, I replayed it and looked at the audience, and I replayed it twice: once to concentrate on the men and once to concentrate on the women. I, don't, I just because I couldn't see everybody at once, and I was like, it was just crazy. Like people were just it. It was like ew, like Renee Young's commentary was perfect. It was uh ew, like it was just. But what it wasn't, did Graves do during that time? Because I remember feeling like if you had. You know, Bobby Heenan or so there to make it like, uh, you know, look at him showing what he, showing the fans what he thinks, just really going over the top with it. It may have salvaged it, at least for the, yeah. the home audience. But, yeah, yeah that was bad. So I, I hopefully I don't do that again. All right. Let's let's move on. Well, what would you what would you do? That would you take? Do you want that again? You have to choose. That happens again. Or Leo Rush gets a live mic during uh, during a match. Oh, I think Bobby showing off his. <laughs> butt muscles is better than Leo Rush for sure. The you know, I mean, it's 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 a choice I don't want to have to make because I, I honestly on a serious note, I think it I, I think it diminishes and undercuts the credibility of Bobby Lashley. Bobby should be portrayed as a badass serious fighter, not a guy who's bending literally bending over to amuse Vince McMahon and his his you know scatological and body part humor that 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 he finds. It's not it doesn't I don't see what it accomplishes. I mean, it's it's just no. it's 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 it 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 feels they, they don't know what to do with them. Well, that's. I mean, one week he's he's the narcissist, you know, and he's yeah. out there flexing and doing all of this, and and now he's doing this, and I, I watch I think MMA. They just have well, yeah, Vince they, McMahon sit down and watch they, UFC and watch how certain fighters carry themselves that fans don't like, but they carry themselves like they own the world, and then you have Leo Rush being the guy who's who's I mean it's there the the chemistry is there the potential is there but Bobby's got to be what he was in TNA and as but a, is that Brock Lesnar in their mind um so what you got Bobby full time yeah I, and I I would just move Lashley and Leo to SmackDown if, if that's the concern because he plays that role so well and, and I also I mean I, I touched on this in the hit list a little bit this week Tell me who Leo Rush is. Don't I mean they know yep. damn well most of their viewing audience isn't watching 205 live. Yep. They see the numbers we don't. They know. And so who is Leo Rush? Why is why does Lashley want him as his hype man? What what's the connection here? What's the end game? What are these guys about? And they don't give us any of that. Oh, I know. It's frustrating. I mean the 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 characters that just end up on the screen and it feel like you missed six, you know, you missed six weeks of TV that built them up. It's like turning on a new wrestling territory for the first time and going, well, everybody here knows the backstory of this wrestler, but I don't. But I'm a new viewer, so that's understandable. That shouldn't be what how you feel when you watch a show every single week, year after year. Right. Yeah. All right, some non-WWE topics. Um, we talk about uh, talent. Uh, the talent depth chart and the shakeup with Roman Reigns and, and where things are headed on, on SmackDown with the world title. What about ROH? Um, Jason, the bracing for the potential departures of, of Cody, uh, not having access potentially to New Japan talent, uh, the Unbox. Where, where, first of all, where do you think things are going on that front? Because there's, I mean, 2019 is going to be a fascinating year when it comes to what cards. That Cody and the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman Page, that group, the, the, what what card do they play? What card can they play? Where does that go? And is, is your hunch that they end up in ROH or not? Because, I mean, Cody's 
I think Cody's throwing some red herrings out there, but he's flat out said, don't expect me on the MSG show. Don't expect me on, on uh, Global Wars. Don't expect me um, in ROH going forward. So first, what's your assessment of that? And then we'll talk about what ROH is doing to set themselves up for life after some of the talent that departs. Yeah, I, I think Cody is being very sincere, believe it or not. I, I don't think he intends to do future business with ROH once his deal expires. And and things can change, you, you know, until uh, nothing is, is, is done until it's done. And so there's still time. But I think Cody, the Bucks, Adam Page, maybe Kenny Omega is in this mix. Uh, I, I think they're venturing off to do their own thing. I don't know why you would slam the door on ROH on the way out when you would think you'd want to do future business with them or at least, you know, keep that door open. But I mean, from what I've heard, yeah, I mean, things aren't great with Cody and ROH necessarily. And uh, the Bucks haven't publicly slammed the door shut, but there's some, there's some people saying that they don't think things are great with them in new Japan right now either. Um, so I, I, it, it seems like the idea is for them to go off and, and do their own thing, do future all in shows, do, uh, you know, there's the Jacksonville Jaguars owner's son, Tony Khan, who they've clearly had talks with. And where this leads is to, it remains to be seen. It's very strange to me that it's being largely ignored by some when it's clearly a story. Um, it, you know, it's, it, they're talking that is, a, that's, that's a story you know, that they've had discussions with this very wealthy family about potentially doing a startup or Tony Khan providing the infrastructure that ROH did in the past for all in, you know, there's a, there's a lot that can go on here with this. It doesn't mean it's not going to fall through and nothing happens, but it is it, clearly there have been discussions. Chris Jericho was part of the discussions and, and he put out the statement, um, just, you know, in, in typical Jericho style saying, so, you know, I, I'm starting my own wrestling company or, you know, something like that and just kind of downplaying the whole thing. Well, if you look on his Instagram page, there's a picture of Chris Jericho and Tony Khan together. So he clearly, I mean, we don't know that they didn't have a chance meeting, but come on. I mean, realistically, he's had discussions. Barry Bloom has, has who's the agent for, I don't know if he still reps Goldberg or not, um, but he certainly has represented Goldberg and, and uh, Chris Jericho and, and Jim Ross uh, over the years. He still represents Jericho and Jim Ross. Jim Ross has had discussions as part of this. So uh, there's certainly a lot going on there. And it doesn't mean that it's Definitely going to happen, but it's a, it's a very interesting story to follow. I think wrestling fans kind of take the approach that I well, know certain people aren't covering this, and we've heard these you know millionaire billionaire stories before, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Doesn't mean this one's not going to, you know. It doesn't mean it's going to either. It, but it, it's it's. I, I just think it's something that is flying under the radar that shouldn't, because I think there is a real possibility that this is a direction these guys are going in. How. Uh- are they delusional or or we don't know or this is the time to, this is a really good time to strike uh, and, and, and and take advantage of, of where pro wrestling as an industry stands and the opportunities that are out there are you know, I mean it's a whole range of questions but are they overestimating the national drawing power of the wrestlers who are all in this conversation um, including Chris Jericho by the way or is this an, a dream scenario? Of, of guys who haven't been defined down, who have followings, who are good and are, as we saw it all in, uh, motivated and creative. Uh, and so how do you feel about that if this plays out with some sort of Jacksonville Jaguar, some uh, a TV clearance on a national cable, a big budget, and somebody 
to use the phrase, goes all in to create competition for, for, with, for WWE in a way that ROH and Impact Impact did a little bit on the Spike TV era, but ROH never seemed to kind of go all in on saying, we're going to do that. They always talk, well, you know, we can coexist, and there's room for everybody, and we're not trying to compete with them. We just want to do our thing with our fans, and we're happy. Is there room, and is this the right group and the right time to strike and do something bigger, or are they delusional that WWE is so powerful, it, it won't even land on the radar, and they're overestimating their own popularity? Well, I mean, hey, if they're looking to you know take down WWE, yeah, they're delusional. Um, you know, if the only thing that's going to take down WWE right now is WWE and doing something, you know, abs- you know, McMahon family doing member doing something absurd, and even that, I mean, you know, who knows? But um, can they be? Is there room for a viable number two in the United States? Yes, uh, I, I think it is the right group uh, because I, I mean, who else would you choose? that isn't in WWE for something like this. I mean, they, if it is Omega, if Omega is involved in this in some way and, and obviously the Bucks and Cody, you know, those are some, those are some big attractive names to a lot of fans. doesn't mean they're going to go head to head nitro and raw or anything like that. But I, but I think they're, I think all in showed that, yeah, there's, there's potential here for something. There's a lot, they have a lot of followers. They have a lot of fans but so much of it does depend on, OK, what is the television situation? You know, and, and we don't even know that that's what they have in mind. Maybe they're going to do a YouTube series that leads up to more all in events. But you would think, you know, with, with names like this, you would want some sort of a television deal to do a more traditional style setup. And, and if that's the game plan, OK, who is it and, and what networks are interested? Because I've asked people um, that, you know, involved in different companies. Have, has anything changed when it comes to WWE getting this very lucrative deal with Fox and, and, and NBCU? Has, has it opened other doors for you guys? And the answer has always been no. Um, doesn't mean that with, you know, the power of Barry Bloom and maybe maybe the Khan family has a lot of connections, uh, you know, hey, the right doors could open. Um, just because they're not opening for other groups doesn't mean they wouldn't open for this one. Uh, you know, all it takes is somebody knowing the right person, basically, and there being interest from a network, uh, whichever one it would be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think now if, if I'm in their shoes and WWE in, 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 is offering very lucrative deals, I'd, I'd seriously consider taking that approach, but we don't know what if Khan is making an offer. What's he offering them? You know, what, what is what is it competitive to WWE? And then, of course, you have to balance out. Well, if if they're involved in if they stay kind of doing their own thing with Khan or somebody else, then uh, they're, they're, the creative control issue comes into play and, and doing things on their own terms comes into play and maybe not working as many dates, obviously, as you would have to in WWE. So, I mean, everybody's, I think, feeling on this would be different. Um, you, you know, you only know what's best for you. But if, I mean, if they're looking for the guarantee, the guaranteed money, well, I think WWE provides that, but they've proven to be kind of, you know, risk takers already. Uh, they, they like to talk about betting on themselves and this is a way to do that. So I, I think with the right television setup and, and with the right company infrastructure, the right creative, yeah, there's certainly room for a number two. I, I just think everything you just said means brace for a potentially fascinating, pivotal 2019. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, we knew it was going to be one way or another, yeah. whether it was 
they stay doing what they're doing now with ROH and New Japan, or they go to WWE. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge story to follow. I, I and, and hey, we don't even you know they say they're all together. Who knows if that's going to happen? You may see some of them try to do their own thing. You may see some of them go. Yeah, that, I think the 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 array of possibilities is vast for each individual wrestler. Um, for something turning into a big deal or fizzling or being something in between, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't fizzle, but it's not huge. And it's just sort of there. And, it, and I, and by the way, I'm all for that. Like I'm fine with 20 wrestlers earning nice livings. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a big problem with how ROH has conducted their business in a macro sense. I think they could have done better things in other way, other ways along the line to, to, to make a little more money and, 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 and be a better product, especially the weekly TV show with its ups and downs over the over recent years. But the idea of, yeah, we're going to, we're going to employ some wrestlers and they're going to make a living and we're going to run shows and draw, you know, 300 to 2000 people on a typical basis and run some pay-per-views and make some money. I mean, I, I think that's fine. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong. So if, if, Cody and the Bucks find a way to do it with Jacksonville Jaguar money and a t- t- cable contract, and they're not WWE, but they just do a much more competent job of what Impact did, and they have higher ambitions than ROH, but not they don't define success as becoming what Nitro was to Raw in the 90s. I'm fine with that. That's good for the industry. It's good for fans. It's good for wrestlers. Absolutely. Yeah. I, hey, if this... If they take a significant pay cut compared to what they could make in WWE, but they're happy, great. But nothing wrong with that. And, and if they you know, swing for the fences and, and even if it blows up in their face, well, they tried. You know, I, I, I'm totally open to whatever the possibilities are here. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm going to if, if something does happen and they venture out on their own doesn't mean we're not going to look at the business model and go, ooh, this is a mistake. But just in theory, yeah, I, I, I think it, uh, it it's. It's exciting. I, I can. I totally would. I totally get the appeal of rather than go work for the big machine, start your own. All right, Jason. So we will end the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcast here, but you and I will continue talking for our VIP members because I want to explore how other promotions fit into the 2019 changing landscape with Cody and the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and all those question marks. I want to talk about the NWA. I want to talk about ROH. Assess their booking. Uh, are they doing a better job setting themselves? Have they done a good job setting themselves up for the possibility or the likelihood, actually, the almost inevitability, I guess I should say, of losing uh, that key talent um, heading into 2019, and who can who can fill the gaps left behind? And and where is New Japan if Cody and the Bucks and maybe even Kenny Omega leave in terms of New Japan's expansion possibilities? in the United States beyond what they've been doing now or even having to scale back if they lose that talent. Also, uh, Impact Wrestling. Where are they heading into 2019 with the new time slot, a much lower viewership number? Um, So we'll get into all that. And then tomorrow, we will answer mailbag questions. We'll do a whole separate hour dedicated to mailbag questions that our listeners have sent in. The email address, as always, for this show is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. If it's a question for the flagship as opposed to a post-Raw or post-Smackdown question, just put flagship in the subject line along with a few words about what you're writing about. So it can kind of help us stay organized a little easier if you do that in the subject line for 
meet a group together, similar emails with similar topics and get different perspectives and stay more organized. So uh, Wade Keller podcast at pwtorch.com. If you missed the shows earlier in the week, the Wade Keller processing post shows uh, after Raw this week, I had Johnny Fairplay on the show. We talked Raw. We also talked John Morrison on Survivor with some cool insight from Johnny Fairplay, who knows that show very well, host of Survivor NSFW, the podcast. And then uh, yesterday, uh, Greg Parks and Rich Fan uh, talked about SmackDown and answered mailbag questions. I talked to an outside correspondent with one of the greatest moments in Wade Keller podcast in post-show history. He was on the streets of Manchester in the Bar District, and uh, a stranger struck up a conversation that has to be heard to uh, to be fully appreciated. So be sure to check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, that's uh, the uh, SmackDown post show from earlier this week. So uh, this has been the flagship for Thursday. Tomorrow, a special Mailbag Friday with Jason Powell. will cover a lot of different topics that we didn't get to on today's program. Thanks, everybody, for your support. And Jason, always great doing a show with you. I look forward to talking to you now for about a half hour about these other promotions in the landscape of wrestling and then tomorrow with the Mailbag. And my pleasure. It's been fun. Excellent. So again, if you want to hear the end of the conversation, you've got to go VIP. We have our VIP sale going on right now. All you have to do is go to pwtorchvipinfo.com. Again, slower, pwtorchvipinfo.com. And click on the sign-up form once you browse all the great VIP benefits that members experience throughout the week. And after you uh, decide whether you want to take action, then click on the sign-up form if you decide to take action. And for just $3.99, you get a full month of VIP access, which, by the way, unlocks instantly 30-plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,500 Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues covering all the big stories in professional wrestling, my cover stories, my star ratings, my pay-per-view reports, my editorials, my news coverage, behind-the-scenes insights during the Monday Night War, all kinds of great stuff. You can just lose yourself in the archives and load up on podcasts on your favorite wrestling events. We've done post-pay-per-view roundtables after all WWE shows on Sunday nights since late 2004. Every one of them accessible as soon as you go VIP. Uh, Our our, uh, coverage of Crown Jewel, of Evolution, uh, coming up Survivor Series, on and on and on to NXT TakeOver, uh, though every single day Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd Martin, The Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, and so many specialty shows that are all part of the VIP lineup. These four shows a week that are free are just a small slice of the podcasting that I do during the week. And all the voices you hear from uh, PW Torch, available for VIP members with ad-free formats and great turnaround time on our coverage of wrestling's biggest events and biggest stories. So check it out. It's kind of like Hulu or Netflix, but it's wrestling podcasts covering just about every area of professional wrestling that you can imagine being podcast about. So go check it out. PWTorchVIPinfo.com and the coupon code which you need to get $6 off our normal $9.99 rate. It brings it down to $3.99 for a full month. That coupon code is easy to remember. 399-SALE. That's 399-SALE. No dot, no space, just 399-SALE. Enter that in the coupon code box when you're on our sign-up form, and you get to see what VIP is all about, or come on back if you had to leave us for a while for just $3.99. Again, coupon code 399-SALE at pwtorchvipinfo.com. Dot com. Follow me on social media at the Wade Keller. Follow our brand at PWTorch on Instagram, and that's on Twitter. On Instagram, follow us at PWTorch also. And on Facebook, you can like our brand at Facebook.com slash PWTorch. And you can friend me on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Wade Keller Torch. 
Visit our sister site, MMATorch.com, as opposed to PWTorch.com. MMATorch.com gives you daily updates on everything happening in the world of mixed martial arts, UFC, Bellator, and more. And that includes editorials, live event coverage, live event previews, fallout from shows, daily news nuggets, and more. That's MMATorch.com, an independent voice covering the world of MMA. And PWPodcasts.com gives you a chance to read about pro wrestling personality-hosted podcasts. We have full episode reviews on big-time pro wrestling podcasts, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Jim Ross, and more. If you are interested in helping us cover even more podcasts on that website and want to volunteer to be a contributor, drop me a line at wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. All right, that'll do it for me for today. Until Jason and I continue here in a few minutes with about a half hour of more of today's flagship exclusively for PW Torch VIP members and .NET members, or until tomorrow for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast Friday Mailbag, this is Wade Keller signing off. Thank you.